Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism Podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out. So in order to live out the gospel, we must work from above, not from below. We must work from the new man, not from the old man. And we must be controlled, finally, we must be controlled by the peace that comes from knowing the gospel. Now this is the fun part of the message. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule you. Let me just read that again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This idea behind letting the peace rule you, this word for rule is control or umpire you. And this peace here, it encompasses a subjective peace, a peace that's actually in your heart that you get from knowing the gospel, knowing that God has paid it all, that you're working from righteousness, a position of security. That should give you a calm heart. That should relieve you of some of your pain and anxiety. And the Bible is saying it is okay for you to let that rule you. What good news. Let the peace of Christ rule you. Let that rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, how do I let the peace of God rule me? Well, I have to let his message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, dwell in me richly. And richly means not in one ear and out the other. It means that I am, I'm ruminating on it. I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm basking in the fact that my God has done everything to take care of me. That he's given me everything I need for life and godliness. That, that I'm not just given his uh, forgiveness of sins, but I'm given righteousness. That I can work out virtues that Christ has put inside of me that I previously couldn't work out in my own strength. That he's filled me with his spirit to do by nature that which was required by the law. What peace I have knowing that God has strengthened me to do what he wants me to do. That all of it is his work and therefore all of it for me is by faith. So let this message dwell in you richly. You know, I have students that are like, you know, I've heard this all before. You know what? If, if you went to watch your favorite movie today, You wouldn't care if you've seen it before. Well, why? Because you love watching it over and over again. If you really enjoy something, you don't mind going over it over and over again. That's what makes it your favorite. Basically, make the gospel your favorite. Let it dwell in you richly, and you'll see the peace of God transform you. Let it dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish. Admonish means warn. Warn people against false doctrine, okay? Warn one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing with God, now look, look again, with gratitude in your hearts, right? So be thankful with gratitude in your hearts. Verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The life that embraces the gospel lets God's peace rule it. How you might think, Thomas, there are so many what-ifs in this world. There's so many worries that I often give in to. Christians suffer. How in the world, in the midst of all the suffering, are we supposed to walk in peace? How? 
Well, here's how you walk in peace. You know that the gospel is yours, that you're full in Jesus Christ, and that God is in control. That he works all things together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That Jesus is your everything, that everything is enough for you. When you start to embrace the truths of the gospel, the peace of God, no matter what circumstance that you're in, rules you and guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The one who remembers what his heredity was before Christ and how God has changed it to secure a new heredity, he possesses everything. He has the peace of God. Further, God has promised something that better is coming. Consider this. Doesn't it relieve you that you don't have to work to be righteous? Doesn't it relieve you that your salvation is a free gift of God? That all God asks of you is to trust in him? That the burden of your sins, past, present, and future, is not on your shoulders anymore. It's fully on God's shoulders. Doesn't that bring you peace? And if the answer is yes, the Bible is saying, let that rule you. Not the doubts. Not the guilt. The peace of God. Let that rule you. But you might think, I'm too bad. I'm just not good enough. I hate that I've sinned. It's just, I'm not supposed to like that I've sinned. I hate that I've sinned. But you need to stop. And this is why. God says you're good because Christ is good, not because you're good. You died, remember? And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You're good because Christ is good. Get out of the old Adam. You're thinking from an old heredity. You're thinking from the old man. But you need to start thinking from above. What you already possess, who you are in Christ. Get out of the old man. That's not who you are. No believer likes the old Adam. But that's not who you are. Your mind is not supposed to live in it. Your heredity is changed. Does this bring you peace? Let that rule you. Not the guilt. You're forgiven. And it's God's word over your feelings. Put off the old man. Put on Christ. Put on compassionate, loving, forgiving, and pure Jesus. He's yours. There will never be a circumstance so bad that you cannot thank God in the midst of it if you have Jesus. Why? Because you have everything. If you struggle with the peace of God guarding your hearts and ruling your hearts, I have a challenge for you, a practical challenge today. Practice this. Thank God in the midst of your circumstance. Say to him, God, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through right now, but I know you work all things for the good of those who love you, and I love you. And so I don't know how you're going to work this out for my good, but I thank you for it. Try that. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, go and look it up. Go read it. It's a promise it gives. Be thankful. Give your requests and supplications to the Lord and do it with thanksgiving. And he'll guard you. And then put into practice what you've learned. Now again, let's go back to this point. Fathers, do you want to live a godly life? Do you want your families to look godly? Mother, same thing. Children, do you want to reflect Jesus in how you live in the household? Well, then we finally come to those household instructions that we started with, and we're putting them in context now. We could read them as a result of understanding the gospel, not just simply commands that Paul is giving, but we can see why we can get there. Now we come to verse 18. It says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. In other words, respect the the role that God has placed you in in the household. If he's the head of the household, respect that. Then it says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Once again, respect the role that you've been placed in as well. You you don't have the, the right to be harsh with your wives. 
and you have the responsibility to love them like Christ loved the church. Now, you might read this, and you hear that curse word, right? Submit. You don't say that in 21st century America, do you? But the scripture here says it. But one thing you have to understand contextually about what's going on here is that what Paul isn't saying here is he's not saying give blind obedience to your husbands. That's not what he's saying. The word here that's being used is broader. To submit is not to be a child under the parents and just to be blindly obedient. But you're, you're in a position where you're understanding your role in the household. That God has placed this man as your leader and you understand that and you accept it. This is, this is the idea of what's going on here. It doesn't mean that sometimes you don't tell him, hey, look, what you're doing is wrong. In fact, that might be the best way of honoring your husband. Right? You don't let him going, go through with some really stupid thing, right? Likewise, husbands, in the role that you've been given, you've been given responsibility to be the head of your household. And you are supposed to represent Jesus to your family. Do you represent Jesus to your family? Do you love your wife like Christ loves the church? Are you harsh with them, too bitter towards them sometimes? Children, on the other hand, are supposed to obey their parents in everything. Notice it's a different, it's a different uh, command here than to the wives. See, It's a little bit more narrow here. It's that these children are supposed to be obedient in everything, for this pleases the Lord, and this is their role. Well, what does the fall do? What does the old Adam do? What do we look like? In our sins, apart from Jesus Christ, well, things are disordered, aren't they? Wives, you're going to have a temptation to usurp the authority of your husband. Husbands, you're going to have the temptation to abdicate your role as the leader of the household. And children, you're going to have the temptation to disobey your parents. But when the gospel enters a household, and Christ's likeness enters that household as well, God sets things right. Remember, if Christ was in each of these positions, and he is because he lives in you, what he looks like in these positions looks like what we see laid out in Scripture. It looks like the household order being put back into order. What the fall undid, the gospel redoes and renews. So where, where wives might have a tendency to usurp, they, they then come under the submission of their head and say, okay, no, we are, we're going to work together. You're co-leaders, but remember, the buck stops at you, mister, right? That's the idea here. Husbands, on the other hand, you're going to have the temptation to abdicate, but no, you're going to take up that responsibility and you're going to be the man of your household. That's what the gospel does here. And you're going to provide for your family. And finally, children, you're going to be tempted to be rebellious, but the gospel comes into your heart and it changes you to be obedient to your parents. This is the household that reflects Christ's likeness. What if you're in a household, husbands, and your wife's not a believer and sometimes she's harsh with you? Love her like the scripture tells you to. Don't worry about whether or not she deserves to be loved like you feel like. It doesn't matter. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says love your wives and you will be an evangelism tool in the hands of God for that woman. Children, what if your parents don't believe? Well, be obedient in everything like the scripture says here and you'll be an evangelism tool in the hands of God for them as well. You'll see the gospel permeate your household as you follow these commands as well. And then finally, we come to this last part of the household order. And in the ancient times, part of the household was not simply just the husbands, wives, sons, and daughters. It was also slaves as well. And so Paul addresses that too. And I know it's a little out of fashion in 21st century America, but I want you to notice this. As we read through this, Paul is also seeing this as an inside-out approach to this world. 
the gospel is going to work from the inside out. I want you guys to kind of see that as well. In verse 22, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eyes are on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, as the Lord Christ you are serving, Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for the wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Verse, chapter 4, verse 1 says, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. What is Paul saying here? He's not condoning slavery. Douglas Moo, a commentator, says this. This is not an endorsement of slavery, or he, he alludes to this as well. He explains it this way, that this isn't an endorsement of slavery, but Paul is addressing a household institution in Rome here. In fact, Mu says, and I quote, this is what he says, Other biblical passages make clear that marriage and family are to endure as long as the world lasts. There is, no, there is nothing even approaching any such endorsement of slavery. This is not an endorsement of slavery, but what's going on here? We must understand this about Christ and his gospel. It is spread through love, not coercion. Okay? Now put this into the household. Now, if there's slaves in the household, how are we going to force people to do what we want them to do? That's not how the gospel spread. It's spread through love, not coercion. Secondly, it works from the inside out, from a changed heart. You know what Paul does when he writes to Onesimus in, in the letter of Philemon? Is he calls Onesimus the brother, the slave, the brother of Philemon, making him equal to Philemon himself. It's very hard to hold on to a slave and treat him like chattel if he's equal to you. So he actually raises the standard. So it's spread through love, not coercion. It works from the inside out. And it, not us, the gospel, Christ, not us, sets all things right. And so what Paul is doing is he's letting the gospel do the heavy lifting. By saying, hey, live like this. Live like Christ in the situation. He's letting the gospel do the heavy lifting. And how do we know that slaves are being ordered to live like Christ in this situation? Well, what did Christ do? Well, he's divinity. And in deepest humility, he becomes humanity and in his humanity, he, he submits himself to slavery. And the servitude that he submits himself is to death on the cross for you. And he put on who he was not so that you could put on who you're not, which is him. This is what he did in the gospel. And this is how he works from the inside out. And he works the same way in the household too. When we truly understand the gospel, God asks us to do some hard things, but the peace of God rules us and guards us. We start to understand that we don't, we don't reign by the sword. We reign by the message. And the message ultimately changes not only lives, but the world around us. Do you have faith in the message of Jesus Christ? The gospel of God to salvation? Does it bother you that Christ's likeness looks a certain way depending on the role that he places you in? Remember who he became for you, and it might not anymore. Let his peace rule you. I want to invite you to put off your old ways today and to put on Christ. And I appreciate you letting me come in to preach to you today. I know we went through a lot of scripture. That's not a bad thing, is it? We went verse by verse through the scripture and we read together. But here's my invitation. Put off the old self. It's off, remember? The old Adam. And remember who you are are born from and live like it as you walk out these doors. Are you letting the peace of Christ rule you? Maybe that's what you need to hear today. Is that there's no reason for you to walk out these doors without peace in your heart. Let it rule you. Maybe your idol is not 
a sin that's like explicit out there in the world. Maybe it's the fact that you are accepting guilt over God when he's forgiven you and he says you're forgiven. Whose word are you going to believe, yours or his? When he calls you to get up and walk, are you going to stay in your paralyzed state or are you going to actually get up and do his will knowing that he's backing you with the grace of his son and let that peace drive you and rule you? You can take any hits, right? Because Jesus lives in you, you have everything. You can go through anything and you become a testimony to the world of the new birth that you have inside of you, of the heredity that you're working from. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to pray that you would help us to remember who we've been made into in you and where we come from in you, Jesus Christ, that you've made us born again of your spirit from above, Lord. Help us not to be like these false teachers in Colossae who thought that we needed to add on to your finished work. Lord, you have raised the dead in us and you have given us all things that we need for life and godliness and help us just not to forget who you are, and not to stray from the truth. Help us to teach and admonish according to the gospel that you've given us, Lord. I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that you would just help them to live like you. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, what does God want you to do? In the quietness of your seat, I want to give you a chance to pray alone. Secondly, Maybe you haven't been born again. Maybe through this message you realize you've been doing the earthly stuff. You've been trying in your own strength to get to God, but it's all about God getting to you, and you just realize that. What I want to do after the service is invite you to come talk with me, and we'll have a conversation. I'll stay behind, and we'll talk for a little bit. So just pray for a few seconds, and then we'll close with the invitation. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Continue to speak to us. Thank you for the power of your word and your gospel, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did this message draw you closer to God, or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.